1: Cheaters, and welcome to Always Cheating. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you?
0: I'm great, Josh. We're recording from the country that now holds the Gold Cup,
1: USA. <laughs> that is true. I, I watched a little bit of that Gold Cup game, too. It was not too bad. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, uh,
0: Jordan Morris, one of our more square-looking <laughs> uh, strikers, pulled it out in the end against Jamaica, and yeah. And the country has been buzzing ever since with this <laughs> cup.
1: So, Brandon, you'll notice I just said always cheating at the start of the podcast because I, I think I have, I've I've officially been so shamed on Twitter about the way that I say pre- premier uh, okay. that I now just kind of don't want to say it anymore. It's like I'm, I'm like gun shy.
0: If we didn't say any words that people shamed our pronunciation of, this would probably be a 15-second podcast, Josh.
1: <laughs> yeah, people, people know that there are words that are pronounced differently in the U.S. than they are in the U.K., right? That is like a thing that's like pretty common knowledge.
0: Well, we don't need to get into all, all of it here, Josh. But words are pronounced differently all over the world.
1: That is true. That is true. I, I always like to start a podcast by yelling at the people who are listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what, what are we actually going to do in this podcast all right, today, so Josh?
1: This podcast, which is about the fantasy premiere. Did I say that the right? Now I'm yeah, like, yeah, I think you got I'm it. Like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like Reek in Game of Thrones. Like I'm so, I'm so jittery now. I, uh, we talk about the the FPL game, and uh, we talk about uh, strategies and uh, uh, we talk about our our teams and what else we talk about it's like i i've suddenly forgot what we talked about when you asked me what we talk about
0: <laughs> well we just we, we revel in the glory that is the fantasy Premier League we talk about our teams we talk about players to watch to pick up yeah. to avoid yeah. and we 're going to talk about a lot of that heading into game week one in this episode we 're scouting. Manchester City through West Ham. So, if you want to go back one episode of Always Cheating, episode eighty-six, we give you a scouting report on teams A through L. That's Arsenal through Liverpool. So, this is uh, part part two of two parts uh, yeah, of our I, scouting all the league teams.
1: I, yeah, that is true, and I, I actually think this is the the more important of the two parts. I mean, uh, if, if for the first two teams alone, um, we you know we're getting right to to uh, Man, you know, Man United and uh, Man City, you know, right off the bat. Uh, but before we do that, Brandon, uh, just quickly, I, um, I think we did a bit of a long intro last time. And so um, if, if, you're, if you've gone right from part one to part two, uh, I just want to quickly say thank you to, uh, we have a bunch of new Patreon supporters, even just since the last podcast, which went out just a few days ago. In the blink uh, of an eye. In the blink of an eye. And so I want to quickly say thank you to uh, Kieran O'Keefe, uh, Graham Lushke, George Thomas, Bruce Kerr, Paul Rookie, uh not Mr. Lifto, John Henson, John Torstenson. Uh thank you all. And uh I if, if I have not sent you all of your league codes yet, I will definitely get those to you um in the next uh the next day or so. I've been uh I've been uh, kind of Doing some primary baby duties in the last couple of days, sure. and some I'm, I'm a little behind schedule on yeah. some of the, some of the stuff.
0: It's, speaking of league codes, to join our special Patreon supporter only league, you have to become a Patreon supporter before the season starts, before August 11th. So we got we've got have other features over there on our Patreon page that you can take advantage for That's just true. a small amount to support the Always Cheating Podcast. We really appreciate. You can
1: actually join the you can join the regular league at any time, but if you want to get into the head to head league, you're gonna to have to join by August 11th.
0: Yeah, the ranks of the Always Cheating Super League continue to grow (laughs) as usual. So if you just want to join our regular, huge, massive, very competitive Always Cheating Super League, just head to our website, alwayscheating.com, and click the League tab right there. You can hit the the auto-join button.
1: That's right. And uh, this is really our shortest ever intro. This is this is great. Uh, I almost regret yelling at everybody at the beginning of this episode. Well, no, uh, you can't take it back at this point, Josh. That's true. Uh, one last thing I want to say before we get right into the episode is uh, please help us spread the word about the podcast. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, it, we, we have not reached full cultural saturation the way that we uh, want to. You know, we want this. We want grandmothers and great grandmothers and, you know. If you have great great grandmothers, we want them listening to it too. So please, this uh, is
0: really the the matriarch podcast of, <laughs> of all FPL podcasts.
1: So if you know someone who's uh, who's in your mini league, who is uh, you know maybe maybe they're just not a very experienced manager, uh, and you think this podcast might be uh, helpful to them, maybe not so helpful that it's actually going to you know have them win the league over you, uh, please um, you know share the podcast with them or tell them where they can find it on iTunes and SoundCloud and so on. Okay, you know what. <laughs> This is like, we're, we're at the risk of doing another 20-minute intro. So let's just, let's just, let's cut, let's cut it. Let's move right into our team previews after this break.
2: Same old
0: podcast, always
1: Brandon, it's part two of our team previews. The first team is a, a very important team for Fantasy Premier League managers this year. It is the Citizens Manchester City. Mascot is uh, Moonchester and Moonbeam. Two two mascots an
0: embarrassment of riches. If they didn't have all that oil money already, now they have two mascots.
1: I know exactly. It's it's, it's not bad. Uh, players to buy. Okay, so if you if you haven't listened to the last week's uh, podcast, uh, we're breaking this down loosely. Let's let's say that much loosely. Oh, these people fall into multiple categories. But it's basically players to buy, people you might want to consider bringing your squad, you know, right from the start of the season or, you know, by your first wild card. I mean, you know, a lot of managers are going to wild card in the first, you know, four to six weeks. Uh, So players you might want to consider in that realm or uh, in that range, excuse me, um, players to avoid. These are just players that, for whatever reason, we don't think are going to be top performers uh, in the fantasy game this year. And then uh, players to keep an eye on. So these are people who are either coming back from an injury or uh, maybe they're, um, you know, a new transfer to the EPL this season uh, or just a player that um, we're not quite sure, um, you know, like the, the record is a little spotty, right?
0: In some of the teams I scouted, I think I have a single player that you both should buy, avoid, and keep an eye (laughs) on all at the same time.
1: So let's talk about okay. So I have a list of players to buy here, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna work backwards from this list because I, I think there's really one player who stands out. Uh, but I, I don't want want to I, I want to talk about him last. So oh, you're uh, build the suspense. I'm like Build the suspense. Uh, so there are a few options. There are, actually there are a ton of, I mean, we could spend like a whole podcast just talking about Man, Man City's uh, options this year. Um, so we got Leroy Sane, uh, eight point five million. Um, per the uh, fantasy football scout, i like to credit our sources when, when I have a source to credit, Sure, uh, he averaged uh, 4.8 points per match from game week 22 on after he finally earned a regular role in the squad. Um, the That's concern really impressive, really impressive. Uh, and anyone who actually watched city play last year knows how impressive, uh, SANA is. I mean, he's really, uh, he's really active. Uh, he's a pretty good finisher. He, you know, links up well with the rest of the players. Um, the concern here is that he's been a little bit in and out of the squad in the preseason. Now that could just be him mean, having his minutes managed, but um in the last two friendly appearances, he's only played, played about 10 minutes uh, in each of the last two games. And these are pretty uh, pretty important games. Games where you'd expect him to play some more minutes.
0: Well, I would say I watched uh, a, a much of the Man City Real Madrid match and it was all 13-year-olds out there playing. <laughs> it was it was yeah. like a kids match.
1: But the Spurs game too, he didn't play very long.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. It is it, it is at once concerning, but it sometimes is hard to read too much into that, what the playing times means in the preseason. And it's strange you compare Man City's lineups that they put out to a team that we're going to talk about shortly, like Spurs, where Pochettino is effectively playing his entire regular starting 11 for an entire 90 right. minutes. I, matches.
1: I do agree that it's, that it's hard to know for sure. But the concern is, if you bring in Leroy Sané, he's probably like your second midfielder, possibly your third midfielder. And do you want to start? Uh, maybe, I mean, I'm, I'm a little more risk averse in general. So, you know, take that. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, but sorry, I don't know if you can hear the like very loud blue jay outside my <laughs> window right now. You are, uh, you are an amateur ornithologist, Josh. So that's well. true. I, I probably <laughs> shouldn't have recorded this podcast uh, under a tree. Uh, so do I want my, my second midfielder or possibly third midfielder to be a player who I don't know is going to actually start, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's his his his
0: price alone at 8.5. I think you're exactly right. This is such a competitive price range, particularly if who we talked about last week with Liverpool, where they're stacked. I mean, assuming Coutinho is still playing game week one in the league, and then you have guys like Salah and Mane when he's healthy again, and then all the way into the somewhat aff- affordable Spurs midfielders of Ali and Ericsson. Right. 8.5 right. starts butting up against that, that price bracket in your midfield.
1: It's, it's it's kind of a great price in that way, because it's, it's low enough that it really tempts you, but... High enough that it almost puts you into that, like like you said, into that kind of Spurs bracket. You're like, well, for one million more, for for, you know, for point five million more, I can have Coutinho, you know, and is is that really you know a player I'd want instead of Sana? I mean, uh, to me, that's kind of like a no doubter. Um, So, or do you want
0: to go point five less? We're going to talk about Manchester United after this. Obviously, people know their alphabet, right? Um, But a guy like Mkhitaryan is on a lot of people's radar.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we'll talk about him in a second. So the, so the thing about Sonny is he's and I have him in the players to buy section because if we you know, if we feel confident that he's a regular starter in this squad and there's always a little bit of rotation with the pep squad um, with, with the pep with the pep squad, um, then, uh, you know, if, if, if we think he's a regular player, then he is probably going to deliver, you know, really solid points per minute, really going to be worthwhile on your team. So maybe he's a hold until the first wildcard kind of player.
0: All right, that's enough sign. talk, Josh. Who's next?
1: All right, the next one I'm going to take is a is a a, a duo, Brandon. We've got Gabriel Jesus, ten point five million, seven goals, four assists, and ten appearances last year, and the man himself, Sergio Aguero, who we've not talked about very often on this podcast. We probably, I'd say, we spend a, a good fifteen percent of every podcast talking about Sergio Aguero, at least you know until this season. Uh, so it's a big change so far. He's eleven point five million. Uh he was number one in the Premier League for both total attempts and shots in the box last year. Uh 23 goals and nine assists, but he, you know, kind of lost his spot at times last year. And uh, we I don't think we go into the season knowing for sure that he is a regular starter in this squad.
0: It's a hard situation to read. And yeah, I think the narrative around Jesus when he finally became available to Pep we saw this heavy rotation. Now, Aguero was in and out of the side because of, you know, red card bans and <laughs> some injury per usual. Right. But there was, there was a sense around the league that, uh, for whatever reason, he was getting pushed out. The yeah. fact that Aguero is still happy and around and seeing uh, pretty decent preseason minutes... Gives me pause, and I, right. I still can't see any reason why Pep would give up on a striker as classy as Sergio Aguero.
1: That's true. Although, they, and they did play together. I'd say the last was five or six game weeks last year, they, they you know they did play together. Uh, they both you know they both did perform. So, um, but they didn't perform like neither one really ran away with it. I felt like I'm not even sure if and you know if you're a Man City fan, you're probably cringing right now. But I, I'm gonna ask the question anyways, and I, I'm not sure that. They are a better squad with both of them starting. Like, it may not be that they complement each other's skills well enough.
0: Yeah, uh, it, it remains to be seen, because there are a handful of new signings that are coming into this midfield that could shake things up and
1: uh, make it a bit more dynamic playing these two strikers up front. So. And they I, Have they played together in the preseason so far? I don't think they have started a, a match together as a duo up front. So this, this creates the dilemma, though, right? It's, it's just like Leroy Sané. Uh, we, you know, we know that one of these two players will start, uh, you know, in any given game week, one of the two of them is going to start. Will they start together? It's just, it's not clear. And so I think it's, I, I'm a little nervous about having one of these two players in my squad at the start of the season, because even though they're away, right? I mean, they're i mean, they're away to Brighton Hove Albion uh, in game week one. Uh, they're home to Everton in game week two, way to Bournemouth in game week three. Uh, and they play Watford and Crystal Palace a couple weeks after that. So it's it's a very good start to the season, and you really do need some city coverage, but it's just there's all these kind of red flags around these players. Prediction time, Josh. At
0: the end of the season, coming into game week 38, who has the higher point total, Jesus or Aguero, or are, or is it a wash?
1: I think it'll be Jesus because I think he'll stay healthier than Aguero.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I kind of lean towards it. It, it'll it be a wash, but uh, yeah, the injury question is a good one.
1: So we talk about all this risk, and th- this is why I wanted to leave the the last kind of attacking player uh, in the players to buy section. That's Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and Kevin De Bruyne, is, you know, he's he's in, he's in a ton of teams right now, and it's kind of almost by default because he's the one player who not, – not by default. He, he You know, he's definitely he, – he's earned his $10 million price tag, but uh, he's the one player who I think everyone feels very confident is going to be starting, you know, the, the vast majority of the game weeks. Uh, he led the Premier League in t- with, you know, 21 assists last season. Uh, he did have a big drop in shots on target, so it's not clear if if that's um, kind of a you know a change. I mean, we know he can score, uh, and he's often on free kicks. Uh, but you know, I think that there's there's a hope. I think that he'll start to score a little more this year, and that maybe it was um, uh, he was getting used to Pep style or something like that. Um, so I think that he is... I mean, he led the team in touches in the final third. He led the team in chances created. I uh, led the team in minutes where chances created. So he's just... He's kind of filling up all the stats. And they have this good run of fixtures. And so it makes it very compelling, I think, to bring in De Bruyne.
0: And I think you're talking about rotation risk a lot with Manchester City. De Bruyne seems to be one of the players in the team that has the most unique skill set. Right, right. Uh, like, who else does quite precisely what De Bruyne does. Now, Jesus and Aguero play the striker role in in somewhat different fashion, Right. but they are kind of interchangeable if you're playing yeah. just as a lone striker. But David De Bruyne S-
1: David Silva kind of had that role, but now he's, you know, that he has, his minutes have to be managed more carefully given his given his advancing age, which is like 3 years younger yeah. than I am. All right, so speaking of attacking edge or, or well, Okay, that's like a bad transition, but I'm gonna, I'm just going to keep talking anyway. Go with it, man. Uh, my final, my final player to buy is uh, all these new defenders on Man City, but the player I'm I'm advocating to buy in the defense is Vincent Kompany, uh, six million, uh, you know, very affordable price for Vincent Company, he Had three goals and five clean sheets in eleven matches last season. Uh, you know the problem with him is that he he never stays healthy, but you know I think at the start of a season when you've when you've got that wild card in your pocket. Um, you know, he's going to be a very easy player to move. There are a lot of good 6 million options, a lot of good 5.5 million options. Um, really good run of fixtures, good chance of keeping some clean sheets. Uh, I think company is the player that I would, the defender that I would bring in.
0: He's already in my draft squad.
1: Is that right? Oh yeah, Yeah, he's in your draft squad. Oh right, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well yeah, not my, not my uh, initial FPL draft squad, but like the uh, hashtag draft squad. It's very Not that we we don't need to get into all that. (laughs)
1: Uh, so what are you right, think I, like about, the, I like this group of players. Okay, good. So players to avoid, and I, I, don't, know, I don't know if you're going to agree with me on all this or not, but... Okay. Uh, yeah, let's see. The, for, the first bullet I've got here is, you know, possi- and This kind of flies in the face of my company argument, uh, but it's possibly all defenders to start the season. Um, I mean, they're integrating, you know, a new left back and a new right back. I mean, I know Kyle Walker has, you know, played in the Premier League like, for many years, but uh, it is a little worrisome, right? I mean, they didn't keep a lot of clean sheets last season. Um and it feels a little risky.
0: It does, and they and these new other backs, Danilo and Mendy, both really class guys, but it's it's unsure if Mendy is going to be right in because he's suffering from a bit of a knock and I, Danilo feels like he was brought in as a backup. So you exactly. would expect to see some trial period there where people are getting run runs out to see how they fit in with the squad. But Kyle Walker might be the safest bet apart from Vincent company.
1: Yeah, it's, it's true. And, um, you know, from what I read, he really linked up well with, with the rest of the squad in that, in that big, I mean, I don't want to make too big of a deal of the city Spurs friendly match. I mean, it was, you know, it's this preseason game, you know, no one's quite in, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's not the regular season, right. It's a preseason match, but, um, he did play well and, um, I think he's probably a good fit for that squad, but um, I think Watching you're really counting b- on assists more than you're counting on clean sheets with him early on.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Watching him against Real Madrid, he looked a little nervous. He had some poor touches, but, um, yeah, I, I do like Kyle Walker. But 6.5 compared to lots of other wingback options that we're going to talk about throughout yeah, this podcast, exactly. it's up for debate. It's,
1: it's, it's really, it's. I mean, that's the same price as Alas uh, Plaqueta and... Um, you know, a ton of really, you know, I mean, all all of the Spurs, you know, defenders are cheaper than that. So um, yeah, I think I, I I would at least be a little cautious with the, with my. Um, I, I I I don't think I'd go in and like a double up on my city defense. Even if even if you were, you know, really excited about this team, I wouldn't bring in like Ederson and Walker.
0: Now I see you've got Ederson listed listed here under Do Not Buy. You've you've got some strong strong feelings <laughs> here.
1: Well, I just feel like you know. As we saw last year, I mean, Man City's going to have the ball a lot. Um, i'm not I'm not feeling super confident in their ability to keep it clean to keep clean sheets at least at the start of the season. Uh, and I don't see them getting a lot of save opportunities. So um, I just think at five point five million, I, I would rather have you know one of those five million keepers. I'd rather have Fraser Forster or Tom Heaton or something like that. I just think I'm gonna get more points out of those players.
0: Yeah, I gave you a sneak peek at my team over the weekend, and I had Ederson in there, and I've been try. I, I kind of got fixated on this idea that Manchester City is going to come in game week one as the league juggernaut, right. and yeah. why not just find a way into these clean sheets? But I think you're probably right. And watching him in some of these preseason matches, he does look very young. He's trying to it's find his
1: shaky feet. moments for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's. I would move him into the wait-and-see. I mean, it certainly depends on your goalkeeping philosophy, if you're a rotator or if you just like to do a set-and-forget. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I agree.
1: Well, I think we should move on from City, but uh, just the last player I have, maybe it's it might be too harsh to have in the players to avoid category, but uh, Bernardo Silva at $8 million, uh, joined from Monaco in the offseason. He had eight goals, and, eight goals and 11 assists and 37 appearances for them last year, but I, I don't know that he's a starting player on this squad at this time. I think that he's more of a rotation player. I don't expect him to get consistent minutes. Uh, And I think your money could be spent better elsewhere. So
0: let's jump to Manchester United. uh, And they also have a great opening run of fixtures. West Ham, Swansea, Leicester, Stoke, and then Everton in the first five. I'm going to take the opposite approach of you, Josh. I'm just going to start with the the big elephant in the room, the 48.2% owned Romelu Lukaku. (laughs) Uh, just in, incredible, intense ownership, and we we can have that debate of: Do you have to have Lukaku just because everyone else does, and you don't want to be left behind? It depends on how people split up their team with Harry Kane. But it right. it, it
1: the problem okay, here the the problem about Lukaku or the the problem with not having Lukaku is you know there's this temptation not to have him because there's like I don't know I guess this like kind of slight you know, game theory argument or something that like, uh, I mean, you know, I I think it's reasonable not to captain him in a lot of these matches. I, You know, I don't know that he's going to be, you know, I I think that, you know, someone like Kane or even uh, obviously, you know, Guero or any of the City players could could outscore him in a a given game week, but to not have him on your team, just given, you know, given his track record of success, given that he's moving to a squad that's going to be more capable of delivering him goals, right? He's never really had a midfield before. Uh, I mean, this guy has basically been on a, an Everton team with, with, with without a particularly strong midfield. Um, before that, I mean, he was on, you know, uh, West Brom. I mean, you know, so he's, he's kind of he's never really had a, a squad that surrounded him like this. And you're seeing in the in the, in the preseason with him just scoring, you know, in every every match practically. Um, so I, I think that you know he's he's just too good not to own. You know, and he's been yeah. he's been this way despite his trollcaku reputation. Um, I mean, you know, part of that is because he's been on a lot of teams that basically had nothing to play for come March, you know, and I don't think he's ever had a team that could actually win the league before. He's never been on a team that could actually win the league before. So I think, um, yeah, the question I have is whether he can actually get above like 65% ownership. Like could, could two thirds, <laughs> could two thirds of the players, play, players actually play in the fantasy game, half him in their squad.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we can get there if he say he scores a hat trick against West Ham. Right. Uh, at Old Trafford the opening week, and then I think we can get to 65.
1: I wonder, like, in the but, last five years, what the single highest ownership has been for a player. I mean, because you have to start out at a pretty high level to begin with, right, just given the attrition rate. Like, you've got to be yeah. on, like, you know, Man United, like, you know, probably the the largest fan base in the world, right? So just off the bat, any striker in that squad is going to have a big ownership. But then, you know, it's everything he's done, you know, with with Everton, everything he's done in the preseason, everything that everyone and all these Podcasts and blogs is writing about. Um, even if you're not playing the game that seriously, it's he's a player you want to have in your squad.
0: All right, let's put a marker down. Is Lukaku in your squad game week one?
1: He has to be. Yeah.
0: yeah. So Lukaku is actually the only player I listed as two by on Manchester United. There is a lot of wait and see with this squad. I mean, things are actually getting really interesting. The signing of the signing of Nemanja Matic which uh-huh. happened today, the day we're recording, right. is uh, totally throwing the whole discussion of Paul Pogba into a tailspin because everyone thinks, well, does does bringing Matic in push Pogba forward and does Pogba suddenly become more of an FPL asset than he had been before? Right. So um, do, uh, do you I, you I, I do have right Paul. I that, do have yeah. Sure. So uh, going to players to keep an eye on, I have Paul Pogba here. And the Matic signing does change the way we look at him. But can he really perform farther forward? Yeah. uh, You pulled some stats for us here.
1: Well, just I have joked on recent podcasts that Paul Pogba can't shoot. And, you know, I, I had some moment recently where I was like, you know, I better actually check and see if that's true. Um, and, I mean, he certainly scored mo you know, he, he was a pretty decent goal scorer when he was at Juventus. I mean, I think, uh, you know, two years ago, he, I think he had 13 goals and, and 9 assists uh, his final season there. But last year, he only converted 5.4% of his chances. Uh, the thing is, he actually led the team with 57 key passes, um, but he only picked up uh, 4 assists from those passes. And part of that was just a reflection of not having enough players who were converting—you know, they just— it, it a bit of bad luck for him not to have more assists, but the the goal scoring was you know he hit the bar I think five times last year, so it's a little bit like remember when Luis Suarez was like not like when Luis Suarez was first in the in the um, in the league, yeah. he yep, was not I quite remember. as good a fantasy aspect as fantasy assets as he used to, as he should have been because uh, a lot of just, woodwork yeah a ton of woodwork so uh, but then his last couple seasons you know I guess he just I don't know, improved his accuracy, got better, got luckier, whatever it was. Um, and suddenly he was kind of a must-own player. So I, I'm slightly, like, coming around on Pogba. I mean, what do you think?
0: So I actually believe that Henrik Mkhitaryan is going to be the breakout midfielder here for Manchester United. His game is just slightly different than Paul Pogba's. I feel like Mkhitaryan is more uh, a more of a forward influence. Same price tag, 8.0, he has much lower ownership thus far leading into game week one at 5.5. It, I don't know if it's silly to call Mkhitaryan a differential, but if you're looking to invest in Manchester United attacking assets in addition to Lukaku, I think Mkhitaryan would be where I would go now.
1: Yeah, so what do we I define I, as I, a, what? Let's just be you know, it, it's early on in the season still, and and what do you think uh, we would define as a as a differential? That is a, a player who um, you know whose whose ownership is low enough that if he really performs, it's a chance for you to you know kind of have an edge on your on your opponents.
0: Is right, it well, it's... Less than
1: it's,
0: 10%? Uh, no, I would say even lower than that. Uh, I mean, if we're comparing somebody to Paul Pogba, then sure, less than 10% mm-hmm. becomes a differential, and I think Mkhitaryan is right there. But, uh, like, when you start talking about real midfield differentials, I think you're talking about your third and fourth midfielders sure. Sure. as opposed to guys in this price bracket and Kevin brand pas- price bracket.
1: Your, your Pascal Grosses. For example. Yeah. <laughs> sure, exactly.
0: <laughs> the grosser the better. <laughs> so that's why I think this question is actually pretty compelling, as we're saying. We've got yeah. two two guys who, who kind of played different key attacking roles in the Manchester United midfield with Mkhitaryan and Pogba. It could really make or break your side if both of these guys start scoring points. Yeah.
1: I guess I'm just going to have to wait and see on both of I them. Mean, I wish the Mkhitaryan was a little cheaper. I, I'm kind of surprised he's still 8 million given that he didn't really do anything last year, right? He was in Mourinho's doghouse the first half of the season and then he played good for a few weeks and then he got injured and was kind of in and out of the squad. I mean, if he was like 7 million or 7.5, I'd be all over him, but I, I for yeah. some reason 8 just like it seems a little too high for me.
0: Well, here he is, Josh, in our keep an eye on uh, <laughs> category. True. I'm not telling you to buy him right out of the, right out of the gate. Right. Another guy to keep an eye on, Victor Lindelof. He is the uh, defender of choice right now, 11.7 ownership. New to the league, 23-year-old Swedish central defender from Benfica. He's not known for scoring goals. He scored two goals, I think, in his, his last few seasons there at Benfica. But you're comparing him to this the rest of... The Manchester United defense at five point five, he does seem like a reasonably priced way in, if right. he becomes nailed on. Right. And this is what Jose Mourinho teams are known for: clean sheets, playing very solidly at the back. And you would expect Mourinho to try and settle on a back four. I right. think the wing backs are probably uh, a little bit more up. For debate
1: at the moment, yeah,
0: and for, and you I, would expect Lindelof and Baye would be the two.
1: I would think so. Just, I, yeah. I know he, I know Lindelof has not played well in preseason, and know that a lot of uh, Man United fans are kind of tearing their hair out about it. But uh, I do think he's going to lock down that spot. I mean, they spent a fair amount of money on him. Um, a couple of preseason games don't tell you everything, so. Um, all right, well, let's run through the players to avoid here, Brandon. Uh, maybe maybe quickly, because we're already like Oh, yeah, sure. Here.
0: So Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial, 7.5 and 8.0 respectively. The cost is just too high for the rotation risk associated, and it's a pretty crowded midfield. Uh, I mean, Rashford is a striker uh, by FPL standards, but his role in the team has just never been consistent enough for me. I think there is some temptation given his, you know, exploits with England and when United really needed a goal. Right. He was there for them many times last season, but I'm not sold. David De Gea, going back to our discussion of the defense, if you really want somebody that's nailed on, David De Gea could just be an easy way in. He's already at 28% ownership
1: that is at 55
0: yeah, it's it's it's. Really I can't intense. believe that. I'm gonna to
1: have to bring in a Man United defender just just to counter the the De Gea ownership. My God, there's so many Man United fans. Ugh. It's a fra- at first you have to play so much defense. You gotta like you gotta have your coverage.
0: But again, we have to remind you at 5.5 that big of an ownership. If Manchester United goes three weeks without keeping a clean sheet, his price tag is going to take a pretty quick and significant ding, and you're gonna to have to sell him right away. Yeah. So it's it's, a, it's a, once again it's a goalkeeper philosophy thing.
1: Yeah, it's unlikely and, though, uh, right? Given, given their given their start, I mean, West Ham's, Everton, uh, Swansea, Leicester, Stoke. It's it's a pretty solid first four games.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think it, I think it comes down to if you're investing in uh, a Manchester United defender, you don't want De Gea. But if you don't have a Manchester United defender, maybe find an extra point five. Give it yeah. a try.
1: Yeah, and and look at look at Bailly, right? He's six million. So yeah,
0: interesting. Yeah. And just a friendly public service announcement. Do not bring Nemanja Matic into your FPL uh <laughs> squad. Uh don't be fooled. Uh, don't be fooled by that uh, tremendous goal he scored against Spurs in the cup.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was a sneaky assist man, but yeah, I, I agree. All right, Brandon Newcastle. We've we've moved on now, Those are those are the two those are the two squads that needed a lot of a lot of coverage, I think. I think we'll move to the next couple of these a little more quickly. Uh, Newcastle uh, promoted last year, still led by Rafa Benitez. Um, to note about Benitez is he, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of known for a lot of rotation. Uh, I think it makes, you know, especially the, the players who run a lot, right? So the the left back and the right back are, are two players that I'd be a little worried about the consistency of their starts. Um, yep. And I think that, okay, so I actually asked Ben Dinnery a question on uh, on Twitter this afternoon. I was curious, you know, who he thought the most, uh, the player most assured of starts was. And I, it was kind of a mixed bag, actually. And he, I think he sort of was talking about a couple different players, and he was sort of, sort of depended on, he thinks, like, he need they need, like, five more signings, basically. So uh, we'll see what happens there. The one player they did, okay, so let's let's talk about players to buy on Newcastle before I get too kind of my own words here. Uh we have uh, Elliot, uh, the goalkeeper. Um, was it is Rob of, Elliott? of
0: Rob Elliott's
1: punch out fan? <laughs> That's right, Rob Elliott, who was on the he was the starting keeper at the end of the season when Newcastle went down. Uh, he is four million, and uh, by all accounts, it looks like he is going to be the starting keeper for Newcastle. Uh, and a four million starting keeper, Brandon, is uh, really the dream for any for any fantasy manager. Uh, especially given that they have a pretty decent run of fixtures to start the season. Uh, they play Spurs in game week one, which I think is kind of throwing everybody off because you just don't want to have a, you know, it's not about that game week one squad. You know, you always want to, like, have, like, players that just have, like, just, like, badass ma- matchups it's across all, the
0: board. all killer, no filler. Even right. even the goalkeeper that you're not <laughs> even going to start has to have a great matchup. Exactly.
1: Uh, but, after Spurs they play uh, Huddersfield West Ham Swansea stoke and uh brighton uh and uh you know the West Ham game and the stoke game are both home um it's a it's a it's a pretty darn good run of fixtures after the after the Spurs game so Elliot at four million is a, a goalkeeper you really could start and I'm thinking pretty seriously about an Elliot uh rotation with uh Fraser forster right now um for my squad um i'm just not i'm not I'm not feeling the ben Foster love right now, so
0: yeah, you know, I'm the, with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other player, the other defender that I'm looking at is uh, Florian uh, Lejeune, or perhaps perhaps it's Lejeune. Uh, I have not heard his name Uh I called. see no
0: Axan Tegu there, Josh, so no, I'll, I'll stick with Lejeune. He's in Le, the Capu camp, until uh, we're told otherwise.
1: <laughs> he is a newly signed center back, and he's been very impressive in preseason. He's, uh, he's priced at $4.5 as I think all of their defenders are. Um, you also have uh, DeAndre Yedlin, who um, had five assists and twenty one starts last year. Uh, he had the best successful tackle rate of any promoted defender, so he uh, could be a great bonus point magnet. But the problem is, I think there's gonna be some rotation with him, and it's not even clear that he's gonna be a starter from game week one on. Um, and I think that I, I would I would exercise a lot of caution when it comes to bringing Yedlin, and i'm just I just don't know that he's gonna be a starter uh, out of the bat uh, off the you know, at the start of the season. The,
0: Which um, pains us to no end as great American homers.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if if, if Florian Lejeune is a little too risky for you, um, I think Jamal Lasalle uh, is the other player that I would look at. He's also a center back. Uh, he had 41 starts last season, so you know consistent start record. Uh, he had three goals and one assist. Uh, he's been recovering from hernia surgery, but uh, I did a little research this week, Brandon, and I actually like read. A few, I read multiple articles and listened to a Newcastle podcast. So. Oh, I thought about, you were
0: going to say you were exploring the uh, Journal of American, the American Medical Association, learning all about hernias.
1: <laughs> I read. Yeah, that would have been amazing. Uh, I, I even I, I even read the player radiance for their um, their minds uh, friendly match. So um anyway, LaSalle actually didn't play in that. But uh Benitez said that he is uh he looks set to recover by game week one. So I think he'll slot right in if he's back. And uh three goals and one assist is pretty solid return for a, for a central defender. Uh so you know, obviously you're not gonna get the attacking threat that you get from the um you know, from the um uh, from the fullbacks, but I think that uh, might be a little a little less risky. Um, the other, okay, so the player that I would also consider, uh, there's actually two. Uh, one is Matt Ritchie. Um, actually, I'll take them together because they're kind of in the same category. You have Matt Ritchie at $6 million, uh, and Dwight Gale at $6.5 million. Uh, and I'm grouping them together because they both stunk in the Premier League. Uh, now, Matt, <laughs> Matt Ritchie came up, and I know this from personal experience, because I had Matt Ritchie in my, my starting team two years ago. Sure, Bournemouth, uh, And he was like the only midfielder on that team who was not scoring goals. Uh, and I think his and everybody had him. He was like the hottest midfield option to have, uh, and his price st- like he dropped like point seven million or something like that in the first few weeks, um, and uh, but but you know he went back down to the championship, um, and he had twelve goals and seven assists, uh, competitively priced at six million. So um, you know whether you want to. You know Whether you think his experience with Bournemouth is indicative of how he's going to play in the Premier League, um, I kind of do, and it kind of makes me less likely to bring him in, I have to say.
0: We could put him in that Rob Brady category of, Robbie Brady, I should say, category right. of Matt Ritchie will have one, maybe one and a half great FPL moments this season, and right. we'll cap it
1: at that. Dwight Gale is uh, a little more expensive at six point five. I mean, you could—he certainly earned it. He had twenty-three goals and twenty-six starts in the championship. Right? I feel like when I was when I was looking at the championship last year, and you know, during the regular season, it was, anytime you saw a match report, it was like two goals from Gale, three goals from Gale. He was—he really played well in the championship. Uh, but when he played for Crystal Palace, he was definitely a rotation player, not a consistent starter. Um, you know, and so again, it's it's kind of like Richie. Like, did is that just did he need someone like Benitez to bring out the best to him, or is it that he kind of found his level and that for whatever reason the the you know the style of the championship was kind of funny actually because the championship is a slightly more physical league and I don't think of Gale as a particularly physical player. He's got a pretty small frame. Yeah, but for whatever reason, he really did perform well there. Maybe he was faster than the other players. Um, so I think that he, um, I think he's a little bit of a risk. I but I. But he could have, like, a Charlie Austin-type season, too. I could see him, like, just really being a consistent attacker for um, for, for Newcastle. Although I still think they're probably going to bring in another forward. I mean, I, they, they seem like a squad that's due for a couple more big moves. before, yeah, you know, I, Maybe not before the season, but before the end of the transfer window.
0: I guess there's there's been, you know, uh, a few headlines over the course of the summer of Benitez not being happy with the amount of money he's he's gotten to make his signings. So, I mean, maybe that's just all uh, smoke to cover up the fact that they're taking longer than they hoped to make their signings, and there's just going to be a flood of them.
1: Right, Uh, right. Yeah, it's possible. But uh, actually, the podcast I listened to today made it seem like they kind of spent some of that money last year. Remember, they kind of went on a big spending spree as they were going out of the championship, and they brought in all of these Premier League-level players. Uh, so yeah, anyway, including I
0: mean, Townsend,
1: yeah, exactly. Well, and John Joe Shelby, um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of premier league level talent, we've speaking seen this guy before. Exactly.
1: Speaking of players to avoid, uh, John Joe, 5.5 million, uh, five goals and eight assists last year. I mean, John Joe, uh, can absolutely crush a ball. He's, he's like Charlie Adam, you know, every now and then, uh, John Joe <laughs> will just destroy a ball. And uh, there is nothing ball. sweeter
0: than seeing a guy like that just, just look like he's going to explode the inflatable (laughs) balloon inside of the ball. It's really incredible.
1: So he's, I I, I kind of like John Joe. I like that he sort of leans into the, um, the Voldemort jokes. Sure. But, but I also. His his
0: goal celebration where he makes little eyeglasses around his eyes. Yeah, exactly.
1: But he's kind of, uh, he's also kind of like he's, He's he's verbally explosive. He tends to get a lot of yellow cards and red cards and he's he's a player who like if you're going to bring him into your team just get ready for like a total yellow card brigade because you're going to get a million of them this season. He seems moody. He does seem moody.
0: Josh, Josh, I feel like you did an an amazing job with the Magpie section.
1: Oh, thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Uh, I hope that prepared our listeners for the the terrible job that I'm about to do with Southampton. <laughs> okay, let's get uh, right. Southampton, who have an incredible blue streak uh, heading into the first five game weeks, hosting two home matches right out of the gate, Swansea, West Ham, then Huddersfield, Watford, Crystal Palace. Not too shabby. Southampton also, of course, it wouldn't be the start of a new season if they didn't also have a new manager.
1: Right, right.
0: Uh, They have a long history with Argentinians named Mauricio, so here we are with Pellegrino. Uh, I really don't know much about his... His tactical acumen, but I pulled some of his his historical managerial stats. They're they're not glowing. He only had one managerial season with Independiente, where he finished with a win percentage above fifty percent. But uh, Southampton seemed to know how to pick them. They That's always true. had good luck with their managers. That's they true. often go on uh, to do fantastic things, as we saw with Pochettino, and uh, I'm blanking on Everton manager's name right now. The Dutch, the Dutch large headed man. Yep, Coleman, So uh, I wouldn't read a whole lot into that. Yeah, um,
1: yeah the, the Claude Puel year was just, it was a boring year. And I think that everyone was sad about losing Sadio Mane and Charlie Austin got injured. And it was just not, not, could have been, that season should have been more fun. So
0: looking at this incredible run of fixtures, I think there's a lot that we don't know. There are a lot of unknowns in Southampton's attack. I mean, there are players that we know and we know their history. But the sure thing, I think, is possible clean sheets, and they have two really bankable uh, wingbacks with Cedric Suarez and Ryan Bertrand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, what, what what do you think? If Is it apples and oranges here, or is it the same thing with well, the uh, only, the Cedric only, and Bertrand?
1: Well, I mean, Cedric, I think, is the player you want long-term. I, I think there's a bit of an injury concern with him right now, though. I think that he uh, there's a chance he's not going to actually start. Um, he's not going to be able to start at the beginning of the season. He might miss a game or two. Uh, so that, I guess that's enough to turn me off, Cedric. Um, and so that kind of turns me towards Bertrand or maybe, maybe Maya Yoshida. I mean, he just scored a goal in a friendly over the, I think it was over the weekend. Um, Yoshida, you know, that guy was like (laughs) the, the fantasy darling the second half of last year. Well, it was Yoshida and Stevens
0: Stevens who they were, they were both, I think priced at 4.5. And then uh, through a series of events, it was, Fonta going to West Ham, and also Virgil Van Dyke's injury that brought right. these guys to the fore, and now both of them priced at five point I think you need to avoid both of these center backs just by virtue of how enticing the wing backs are. I think yeah. there's just there's so much more upside. To Bertrand and Suarez, or Cedric Suarez.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if you needed to save that 0.5 and it comes out that Cedric is not starting the season, I guess Maya Yoshida is probably the safer bet over, you know, between Yoshida and Stevens, I guess I'd go Yoshida.
0: Let's just round out the guys to avoid Nathan <laughs> Redmond, mostly just because nobody really likes Nathan Redmond. <laughs> right. he, he, he had a rough summer where he missed a PK in the U21. Oh, was it that the world. Uh, World Cup for U twenty one or something yep, like that. Yep, yep. Uh, but here he is. He's already sitting at ten point three percent ownership. How do you explain that one?
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I must be English fans, right? <laughs> like players who do like him. And I mean, it, he didn't earn it last year. You know, it certainly was. He was a very disappointing he really did. player. You uh,
0: started I, with Redmond in your squad last year. I think uh, he had a certain amount of hype moving from Norwich. I think, yeah. to I got, a, I got a
1: goal. I got a goal in his first match, and then it was a whole lot of nothing for about ten weeks.
0: Yeah, I I just think that there is so much more that you can find at six point five around the league that Nathan Redmond just just move along. So it's just like a mess of players attacking for Southampton that I really don't know what to tell you other than just keep an eye on him. Yeah, like there's a lot of Tattage talk happening online right now, but he's just a continual FPL troll. Yeah, he really we, is. We, we we cannot look beyond that fact. It's always. Tadic is on the verge but that said 6.5 it's still a viable price tag for you to take a gamble. It's a new manager, it's a new start. You just never know when Tadic is going to find his form and and when he does he's pretty spectacular.
1: He is, but it's it's, it's such a gamble. You know, it's it's like putting like money on roulette or something. Like you just don't know if it's you know, like if if you hit it's amazing, but the the you know, making sure like you get the right week it's just it's impossible. Uh, James Ward-Prowse is someone that sticks out to me here, and I know you've got him on your list. Um, you know, five point five million. I think he's pretty assured of starting this season. Uh, you know, given their fixtures, he kind of kind of profiles as really good uh, fourth midfield option.
0: He is one of those players I feel like we have all collectively just watched grow up through the FPL game. <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of like he's, Raheem Sterling. Yeah, definitely like somebody who becomes uh, just a Band-Aid on your FPL team a couple seasons ago to a guy that you're starting to hear chatter about. Hey, listen, when he comes onto the field, he's actually taking corner kicks. To the point where he's a set-piece specialist. It looks like he's on the verge of just a regular starting spot in this team. To
1: the point that he he finally gets sold to Liverpool. You know, it's (laughs) it's the career arc of of every great Southampton player. Yeah.
0: All right, now let's talk quickly about the striker situation at Southampton. I mean, Gabby Adini and Charlie Austin, these were two very different stories last season. Gabby Adini burned everyone during that stretch of double game weeks, Mm -hmm. even though he he was really hot on fire when he came into Southampton. And then Charlie Austin, who everybody loves, Mm -hmm. but he got injured. So it's a matter of of who plays and, and... and how I think play.
1: yeah I mean Gabby Dini, I, I think he just scored a goal in a friendly I think he's he's more likely to be the starter um yeah it's hard for me to get over what he did to my team at uh, the end of last <laughs> sure. season he might you have like literally
2: did, yeah
1: he might have like literally cost me hundreds of dollars uh so it's uh, <laughs> it's hard to shake that off um I you know I will be objective I mean again it's Given these fixtures, you might need to take a risk on one of these midfield players. I mean, even someone like Nathan Redman, as much as we were just, uh, you know, uh, kind of talking him down. I mean, just someone, I mean, maybe, maybe it is Tadic, right? Maybe it's just somebody who um, is capable of huge returns. Um, I mean, just, the, you know, they're home to Swansea, they're home to West Ham, they're away to Huddersfield, they're home to Watford, and they're away to Crystal Palace in the first five games. Every single one of those games is a game where they could score multiple goals, and, uh, and games where they can keep a clean sheet, too. I mean, they could, they could you know, Southampton could be top of the table after five game weeks. <laughs>
0: it's true. For as much as I'm kind of, like, glossing over all these attacking options, there it's guaranteed there will be many goals in the first five game weeks. Yeah. So, it, it, yeah, take a shot. Take a stab at it. All
1: right. If you had to just take one one midfielder or one forward, just you know, price is relevant, which one would you take?
0: I think here I go Ward-Prowse and Gabby Adini. And maybe that's just me trying to figure out a good uh, package proposal that I can bring to my boss. Like, hey, look, (laughs) I saved you money with Ward-Prowse. Right, right. I I do have this feeling, though, that Tadic is is frankly the sexier option here.
1: I think I'd pick Ward-Prowse, though, too, mostly because it allows me to have a Southampton player for these fixtures uh, and it gives me, you know, it gives me a what I, you know, an affordable fourth midfield option. And I think there's a decent chance he's going to get some attacking points. Uh, and it doesn't take up. I don't really want to even put six point five million into one of these Southampton players, at least not until, you know, and we're farther into the season or even like two or three game weeks in, and we just have a better sense of who's actually starting in this squad and you know how far how far up everyone's positioned. And so, you know, it's it's just a little like it feels a little unsettled this team right now.
0: All right, in, in light of all this talk of Southampton, I think we have to go back and, and talk further about Ryan Bertrand. Okay. So, I, I think you're uh, really kind fat. of... Con, you, <laughs> you're convincing me that this start is so great for them, and there's just a huge upside for Ryan Bertrand. Uh, I think he might be worth, really, really worth the 5.5 to start in your squad
1: well i I think i think think in a
0: heartbeat i take him over my yoshida at this point
1: yeah you could be right uh and i don't even think we've mentioned Fraser forrester yet i mean that that's a player who is who's kind of locked into my team right now i mean i I just love forrester at five million uh to start the season I mean, forrester and elliot that's nine million you know it's the equivalent of two um you know two four point four two point four two four point five million keepers and uh i you know i actually don't even plan to play elliot i'm just gonna play you know forrester five game weeks in a row
0: how tall if you if rob elliot is standing on fraser forrester's forrester's shoulders mm-hmm. is that as tall as uh me
1: you think no i think it's i think it's three meters tall brandon
0: <laughs> I right, love you're, you're on the metric system. I don't
1: even know how tall that is. I don't know meters. Uh, Brandon, the, what,
0: tell me what the uh, what what's the ownership percentage on Fraser Forrester right now? I'm trying to I'm trying to take the pulse of every, everyone's interest out there.
1: I can tell. I know. I feel like you've not thought as deeply as I have about <laughs> about uh, this this Southampton team. It's really six six point
0: eight percentage out there. Yes. Are, uh, people taking Forrester
1: exactly. C- Cedric to me. I mean, okay. Cedric actually doesn't have a. Uh, He's not flagged anymore, but I I haven't heard
0: any of this injury news that you have, Josh, about Cedric.
1: I, well, you know, forgive me if I'm completely wrong out there, listeners, because I, uh, <laughs> I I thought I heard something, and you know, who knows? Maybe I'm just maybe I like maybe You're I'm thinking kind of us. Maybe there's a Cedric. Be too careful. Maybe there's a Cedric in the Portuguese league that I read about my mistake, and I'm just totally. Were you offer. actually
0: reading your uh, comedy blog about Cedric the Entertainer? <laughs>
1: that's he. Yeah, that's what it is. Cedric the Entertainer has a uh, sprained elbow, <laughs> and uh, he's going to miss a couple gigs. Brandon, let's move oh. on to Stoke City. Okay, let's do it. All right, the Potters. The Potters. Potter Moose. What's their What's their, what's their start be, look like? I should I should be listing all their. I actually know the mascots for all these clubs, so I should, I should be listing them off. Yeah, you are a ma- mascot. Uh, so uh, Potter Moose. Potamus, yep, exactly. Like like, and it's a hippo, so it's like like hippo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Players to buy, no one. Uh, (laughs) okay. Here's the situation with 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 Stoke City is they are um they have a they have a really difficult start to the season. They play uh, Everton away, and then they play Arsenal, Man United, and Chelsea in uh, three of the following five fixtures. Um, And then even then, their way to West Brom and Newcastle, neither of which are particularly great fixtures either. Um, they have not bought anyone, uh, at least anyone of note. Um, and they lost, uh, Marco Arnautovic and the team is getting old. I mean, it's just a, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little bit like what happened to Swansea last year. We are like, are you guys not going to make any moves? Like, is it just, is this what's happening?
0: <laughs> Jonathan Walters kind of looks like Gandalf the white at this point. He's just, it's he's weird. just a very ancient looking man. It,
1: he is. And, and Peter Crouch, I mean, he's still like getting serious minutes for them. So uh, I wouldn't recommend buying anyone in this team. Uh, the players that I would I would particularly avoid are Jack Butland, who uh, was was one, a once great fantasy keeper, but he is uh, sadly overpriced at five million. I, I really have no idea why he's priced at five million. I mean, he didn't even play last year. You know, he had this knee injury, um, and the team isn't any good. So it's that seems like an over overpriced. Um, and Kurt Zuma, who's also um, who would be an interesting option, maybe at least long term, uh, but he's still priced like a Chelsea player. Uh, what so a ludicrous
0: price tag! Five point five. Know,
1: That's too bad. It's too bad. Hey, he, doesn't, he doesn't really have a lot of goal threat. It's not like he's a you know an attacking central defender. He's, he's not like a John Terry type or something. So, uh, I
0: dare say, even if he were still at Chelsea, five point five would be a criminal price. He tag.
1: goes a little high. I mean, I guess if he if he got a starting spot in that squad and he was five million, then he'd just be like the most owned player, right? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, players to consider uh there's there's two, and it's funny because my notes are like almost exactly the same for both of them. um and the have, have uh, Shakiri uh, Jordan Shakiri, who is uh, priced at six million,'s been you know it's his third year in the league has actually been pretty disappointing as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, it came from Bayern Munich, a highly rated player, you know he's plays really well in the Swiss national team. Uh, has never really done anything so far in the in the league though um four goals and two assists last year. And you have Joe Allen, who's $5.5 million, uh, was playing farther forward at times last year, uh, kind of in an Etienne Capoue role, um, <laughs> and had a what we have to call a slightly fluky six goals and three assists. Josh, we had some good
0: times team. last season. We
1: did have some. In fact, our, our the avatar in our Twitter feed uh, for a very long time was, uh, was a picture of uh, Joe Allen. Um, so with with his Jesus beard, so I, I wouldn't recommend either one. The reason I, I even list them as players to consider, though, is I mean the fixtures will turn around at some point. Uh, they're both affordable, certainly. I mean, yeah, these are we're talking about you know fourth midfielder options right here, um, and one of them is going to move pretty far forward in Arnautovic's absence. I guess it's going to be Shakiri. I mean, it's, I mean, there's there's Ramadan Sobi too, who's kind of an interesting player, but um, is too un- unproven to, to, for anyone to really consider right now. Um so I think you know if I had to guess uh, it could be you know in 6 or 7 weeks there could be a time when when you really want to have someone like Shakiri uh but uh, certainly not at the start of the season. Brian, you want to take a quick break?
0: Yeah, let's take a quick break and we'll be back we'll be back with Swansea. All right. Same on podcast. Always shooting. Hello Josh, we're back from that very long break. Um are you are you sitting down?
1: I uh, I am now. I I went for a short run, uh, and I'm feeling pretty refreshed now.
0: Okay. All right, Swansea, uh, dicey fixtures to open up the season. Southampton, Man United, Palace, Newcastle, and then Spurs in Game Week 5. Players to buy for Swansea. Everybody's favorite fifth midfielder, Tom Carroll, please stand up. Come on down. You're in the team. (laughs) Uh, he he's, he suffered from a small amount of rotation at the end of last season, but I think that was just Paul Clement knowing that he needed to conserve some legs for a very uh, pressure-filled run-in for sure. Swans. I, uh, he's he's just got a great mind for the uh, sort of for the midfield and. I think he'll be used quite well. I think he he got away with something here coming in again at 4.5 million. Yeah.
1: You love Tom Carroll. It's a it's a long and, and heated love affair.
0: I do. It's yeah. A, a fear of also... the heart,
1: Brandon. It really is. It's a it's a it's a it, your your love of him is a crime of passion. I think I think we can all agree <laughs> with that. <laughs>
0: Uh speaking of passionate things there's also Lucas Lucas Fabianski is on my players to buy list. He's this is a rotational keeper. Mm-hmm. I mean there are, there are a few different options out there but in terms of keepers that will probably be peppered with shots collecting save points Lucas Fabianski could be your man. 5 point 5.0 5. ownership um yeah so Fabianski,
1: yeah, I like him too. I'm glad he's he's a half million cheaper than he's been the last couple seasons. Uh, he, at five million, he was just a little too pricey, uh, but at four point five, I think he's really interesting. But I, I, he's a second wild, not a second wild. He's he's a first wild card player. So get through this this kind of difficult first run of fixtures, and then and then maybe look at uh, Fabianski for your first wild card. All
0: right, I don't know if this is controversial to say, but I have Gilfie Sigurdsson listed as a player to avoid. I think he's just been priced out as an f p l asset at eight point five million yep, yep, yep uh, if he goes to a bigger club and i'm i'm not even i mean bless you everton fans, but i'm not even sure him in the everton midfield will make me a believer now it's
1: debatable it's not, it's not then that, it becomes' it's not, that debatable. We're not a believer i mean you know we all think that Gilfie's a good player, but you know it's he'll never have. Well, okay. I mean, he he's kind of in a perfect situation from a from a fantasy standpoint right now, right? He's Everything will go through
0: him. guilty. That much is is sure. I think what's very unclear right now is is will they score any goals, particularly? Yeah. And we'll talk about this in a second. That uh, Lorente is out.
1: Eight point five is just crazy for a player in a team that's not very good. I mean, he's more expensive than Paul Pogba and Mkhitaryan, and you know, I mean, it's. Like, you know, really, like, you know, tacking players on really good teams are, are less expensive than him. And I, I know his returns were great last year, but, um, I you know, I just I just don't see it. It feels like a huge risk to me.
0: Yeah, it is. FPL saying this is why you can't have nice things like yeah. uh, they they ruined him. Sigurdsson, because yeah. because you're right, like we do love him as a player. He is really fun the- player great Premier League players of recent memory. Okay, so uh players to keep an eye on, we have to talk about Tammy Abraham because uh Fernando Llorente looks like he's definitely going to be out for at least um at least the first two game weeks. So says Paul Coleman. He's still suffering from this issue with his arm elbow. So Tammy Abraham looks like he may be nailed on for the first at least two game weeks mm-hmm. and priced at 5.5 uh, that's fantastic. He's a young 19-year-old English striker and uh, uh, one of the many cast of Chelsea loanees out there. He scored 23 goals last year for Bristol City. Now, granted, this is the Bristol City that finished in 17th position in the championship, but still, that is an incredible goal rate in the championship. All right.
1: Prediction, Brendan. How many weeks do you think Tammy Abraham will be in your team in the full 38-week season? From zero out to thirty eight
0: uh five i'll say five okay, and that will be spread spread <laughs> across the entire season
1: okay i'll say i'll say eight i'm I'm a little more i'm I'm pretty bullish on abraham and i I think I was just hearing again kind I listened to one Newcastle podcast and it like totally like rocked my world apparently like all this knowledge <laughs> uh but there there was some talk that in his clause uh like part of his loan agreement is he has to play a set number of matches. Um, it could be like as high as 75% of matches or something like that. So I think that he's, I don't know that he has to start every match, but I do think that he's going to, um, he's going to be a regular in that squad. And I, the, the question is really whether they're going to play a two-striker formation or or even, you know, find a way to put him out wide or something like that when uh, when Laurenti comes back.
0: Yeah. The only other player I'll mention is Alfie Mawson, who had a really great end of the season. He scored a couple goals from central defense. At 5.0, I don't like him out of the gate, but if we see something that we like in Swansea and they have a great run of fixtures, then Mawson would be your
1: man. Okay, Yep, I agree. Uh, Spurs, Brandon. Um, Okay, the thing about Spurs is we all kind of, I feel like it's going to get really redundant to talk about Spurs because if you're listening to this podcast, you've already done a lot of thinking about Spurs, so let's get the obvious one out of the way. They moved Kyle walker from uh, from Spurs over to man City uh and installed Kieran trippier trippier not Trippier, uh, Trippier into the squad. He had uh, five assists in limited minutes last season uh super talented young player he was actually he, he was bought from Burnley a couple seasons ago and he was really good when he played for Burnley um and he's just he's a player that um that I rate really highly that uh, a lot of managers do uh, his ownership level is starting to climb already it's kind of frustrating because it feels like all of us kind of, like, know that he's good, but now, like, once... It's like once that percentage gets higher than, like, every manager who's, like, coming into the game week before the season starts, is like, oh, I guess I should bring in him as well, right? Because his ownership is 60% or whatever. Yeah. Um, So, you know, but I do think that Trippier is a a damn near essential player to have in your squad.
0: I have this theory about him, too, where he is just a prolific crosser. It's this beautiful bend to the ball shape to every single cross he puts in. And they're going to be playing their home matches at Wembley, which is a famously large pitch. Um, There's going to be a lot of space for people to run in to the box for his crosses. And I do wonder if that's going to improve his odds of getting more and more assists through the season.
1: If you wanted to, to, to be a little more, um, you know, take a, a slightly spend a little bit more money. And I'm not even sure if you're really going to get more, attacking points out of this player, but you could look at Toby Alderweireld, who's uh, only $6 million this year, is a little more affordable, um, has certainly delivered over the years. Last year, um, he was injured for a stretch, so he wasn't quite as... Didn't put up the numbers he did the season before, but the season before that, he was absolutely spectacular. I mean, absolutely one of the... I mean, just, you know, fantasy aside, just one of the best players in the game.
0: Yep, no doubt about it.
1: No uh, doubt about it, Josh. No doubt about it. So then we come to the big three, Harry Kane, Christian Eriksen, and Dele Alli. Uh, let's talk about Erickson and Alley first. So everyone seems to have Delhi Alley right now, and I'm starting to wonder. And I can't tell if I'm just if I'm just getting too clever here. I'm starting to wonder. And it was actually that it's the, that same pitch idea that you were talking about a minute ago.
2: Yeah. If
1: if Erickson might be a more interesting option as not not interesting, but as a they're almost equally worthwhile, right? I mean, you could almost argue for just a, a double up on those two players.
0: Yeah, I in a sense, and I know we kind of have to talk about it because it's why we post this podcast, but part of me feels like this isn't even worth talking about. Because <laughs> it's so Erickson, hard to judge. Yeah, It's hard to judge. It's hard to predict. I think it could go either way. Uh, I think the, the one thing I keep coming back to, and, I'm, and maybe you'll make the same point, is that Ali Deli Ali is just a younger player. He's his skill set is still growing and being fine tuned. He will become better over the years, and what does that mean? That means that his points potential is just going to continue to grow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the smart bet is Ali, but I I think there's a, a, a real argument, and I, I don't even want to use that differential phrase right now because you know going into game week one, you should not be thinking about differentials. You should just be thinking about. Who is going to score the most points, right? I mean, worry about different differential options when it's, you know, game week thirty two and you're, you know, sixty-seven points behind the your mini league leader and you need to find someone who <laughs> you know, who no one else owns so you can bring in and you know, hopefully shoot up the ranks. Start of the season, it's just who do you think is gonna score more points, Erickson or Alley? It's, it's big, a little
0: bit like you know? the opening of the Hunger Games where <laughs> the whistle blows and you just have to run for the nearest weapon to right. Protect yourself and attack that's that's what game week one is.
1: do you think that trippier trippier will be on more free kicks um, that he might take some free kicks away from Erickson? I know that he he he's a pretty good striker of the ball on a, on a free kick or a corner so um i, I would, wouldn't be yeah
0: I, I wouldn't be surprised I mean Erickson kind of has those duties locked down, but if there comes yeah. a point where he because Erickson tends to play every single minute of every match ever played in the history of football <laughs> right so there, there could come a point where he's just like well i'll continue to play and be a maestro but can Trippier, Trippier, take some of these uh dead balls off of my off of my to-do list
1: right exactly and uh, so I, I do think that um and ericsson's also looked really good in the preseason which is maybe why i'm starting to talk myself into ericsson a little bit i'm, I'm not sure if i'm going to do it or not i mean deli elli is my current squad right now but i I have at least thought about I mean if Eriksson were 9 million and Ali were 9.5 I'd already have Eriksson in my squad. Um but then being the same price it's really it's really tricky.
0: Yeah, it is. I mean, say this even though he doesn't score as prolifically as other players, Christian Eriksson does seem to love to score goals.
1: He does. So. I think I feel like he got a little unlucky last year too. He actually probably should have should have had more goals than he did. Uh yeah, yeah I actually don't have his uh his conversion rate here, but I i wonder if i wonder if his conversion is a little lower than it than it maybe could have been um, okay I harry, harry kane let's talk about the big man yeah kane uh very expensive at 12.5 million this year uh, notoriously slow starter also probably the best goal scorer in the league i mean the only other player would be who's close is lukaku um and 29 goals seven assists last season a little bit backloaded those goals i mean he scored i think like what is it like eight goals in the last two games? Uh, <laughs> it was insane. He was kind of insane. So, but you know, I mean, just a great season. Uh, Thirty-three bonus points too. Um, he does a little bit of everything. I mean, he's you know very willing to go back into midfield and pick up the ball and you know initiate the play and he's... Pretty, uh, I mean, he, he's the kind of guy who he wants to score goals. I mean, he's, I, I, he's selfish, but in a good way, I think. I mean, other than like, I feel like late in the season, he was starting to take free kicks off Erickson because he was trying to get more goals. And uh, he's, not a, he's not a great free kick kicker, taker. He's certainly not as good as Erickson is. Uh, but the question is, is he it in It was like
0: Lukaku stole his lunch at some came And Kane yeah. was like, you know what? I'm getting the golden boot. Exactly. We're,
1: we're not going to win the league. Give me the golden boot. So is he in your squad in game week one?
0: Well, to me, the bigger question is, uh, do you have to make a choice between Harry Kane and Romelu Lukaku, or is it essential to have both of them? For me right now, I'm trying to work out my squad with just Lukaku and no Harry Kane. But uh, Nick Cummings over at the Transfer Hub site, TriggerLips.com, had a post about Harry Kane today saying, well... How is Kane not essential to everyone's FPL squad? It's, it's kind of insane that everyone is acting like maybe we can get away without having him. Right. Yeah. It's just that the price tag is such a hurdle.
1: It is, and I mean, it really—if it didn't totally throw off like your all your squad balance, it'd be really tempting to just have like a thirty-seven million mid front line, right? With like. You know, uh, like
0: Kane, Aguero and Lukaku.
1: Yeah. Or maybe, you know, Kane, uh, Lukaku and Firmino or something like that. But I I think you could actually go. I don't know. I guess we need to talk. Well, in our game week one preview, we'll talk about this a little more. But I I feel like I I need to think a little more about what forward, like what sub seven million forward I feel comfortable having in my squad from game week one.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about Mooney last week for uh, Huddersfield. I think that he might be an enabler for yeah. me to do Lukaku and Harry Kane. Yeah.
1: Gabby Adini at seven million. I mean, if you can look past his kind of fr- listen, it's a, it's a first season. Gabbiadini did join the squad kind of late, so I, I don't think we should blame him too much. I mean, he missed one penalty and everyone kind of destroyed him for it. But
0: uh, uh, your your tone of forgiveness is just I know just, it's, getting, tre- it's tremendous, Josh. You've I'm grown so much break. in the offseason.
1: I have, so let's, let's 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 revisit that discussion later. I currently don't have him in my squad, uh, and part of it is because I'm just like I'm really enamored with uh, with Lacazette right now, and I yeah. really want to find a way to fit him in my squad. And part of it is I just saw the Emirates Cup over the weekend, and he's a perfect finish in this two-one loss to Sevilla, and uh, I just you know his I don't know he's just he's such a great finisher, such a natural goal scorer that, um, and I feel like he's not in a lot of squads right now, and so it's. I don't know. It's it's. But I'm I'm actually thinking about bringing in Allie and Erickson, and having um and having Lacazette too, and um and then some cheaper third forward. And then I, I feel like I would have some Spurs coverage then. But I I really don't know. I I, I you know, to be honest. I and I think we'll actually in a, in a, in a, a always cheating first. I think we're both going to try to release our our starting squads before game week one this year. So everyone will have a chance to 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 look and laugh, Brandon.
0: Wow, Josh, we haven't really talked about talked this through yet. You're giving me like like <laughs> Put on the spot. Stomach pains. Uh, Hungman's son, I feel like we we've, we've got to mention him. 8.0. Is that is that too rich for a guy who is he's just played second fiddle to people who are just yeah. 1.5 more expensive.
1: Uh, and he did bounce in and out of the squad a little bit last year. I mean, he had 14 goals and nine assists, so it's, it's you know, it's those numbers are are certainly worthy of an 8 million price tag, but um yeah, I mean just compared to the other the other three, it doesn't seem like he's you, you know, even yeah. just compared to it's it's 1.5 million more, but I feel like you're getting so much more consistency from Allie and Erickson if you go for them. Uh yeah, okay, and, and then, he has
0: a he has an injury problem right now, which renders right. us a moot um, moves, uh, un, yeah. unneeded Needless conversation.
1: Uh, And then uh, Danny Rose, who's still recovering from a knee injury, but he's uh, he's a little overpriced at six point five million, a lot overpriced at six point five million, and I think he's going to lose some minutes to Ben Davies anyway. So uh, I would avoid Danny Rose.
0: All right, can I talk about Watford? I feel like I've been waiting an hour to just to talk about the Hornets.
1: Yeah, I like this is the one I like. I I don't know what's going on with Watford, so please, (laughs) I want to get smarter.
0: All right, so they they have a home opener hosting Liverpool, and then it's Bournemouth, Brighton, Southampton, and then Manchester City in game week five. So there's an in, it's an interesting sandwich of, of good fixtures. Mm-hmm. But as we know, Marco Silva, he was kind of the darling manager from last season who almost rescued Hull from relegation, but he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, here he is at Watford. So I think people have some certain high expectations of how he's going to lay out the squad right. uh, coming into a new season. So, players to buy. Um I don't, okay, let's not let's not start with the players to buy section with Watford. <laughs> let's let's go easy. Who to avoid? Okay. Etienne Capoue. Uh 5.5 boy, it was a good run last year. At 4.5 we all had our fun. Mm-hmm. Had a glorious trip and it's all been ruined. So, don't don't be fooled. He's already an 8.2% of all managers teams. Way, is, too this, way too high. Way too high. I mean, and of course he he was a decent player for some stretches last season, but at 4.5, yeah, that was a great buy. At 5.5, you're kind of destroying your team. Right. Uh, Another guy to avoid, uh, Jose Halabas at 5.0. He was on all sorts of set-piece delivery last season. He scored a lot of points for a lot of managers, but one would guess Marco Silva could mix things up. If Halabas is off those dead balls then he is just a yellow card factory, and there is no value for him.
1: Right, exactly. And uh, can I talk about one of your players to keep an eye on here, Brendan?
0: I, I know I have a player that you like on my keep an eye on list.
1: I do. It's uh, it's Roberto Perea, who is uh, a really fun... Okay, like his stats so far have not... Um, have not indicated what, what a talented player he is. I mean, he had just a, like, a, I think he was out for almost all of last season with an injury. Um, and he got injured very early on in the season, so he's, I think he's really up people's right. It's actually very similar to Robert Snodgrass, who uh, had a big injury and everyone kind of forgot about him. Um, but Perea is um, just a really creative player. Uh, he's capable of scoring, capable of assisting, um, former Juventus player. Um, and uh, I think he's still coming back from the injury. I don't know if he's totally back yet or not, but he is. Uh, He's six million, so he's an interesting possible long term option.
0: Uh, the other guy to keep an eye on is Nathaniel Chalaba. I don't know how to pronounce that name, but he is so like Halabred. Yeah, like Halaba Halabred. Um, but he's in the Ruben Loftus cheat category of Chelsea young Chelsea guys who finally got sent permanently to other teams, priced <laughs> right. at four point five million. Now this this uh this journey for halaba is is insane so he's been on loan from chelsea to various squads every season since 2010 and he was originally loaned to watford he has since been to nottingham forest middlesbrough burnley reading napoli and finally here he is on a permanent deal with watford now i know nothing about nothing but I'm guessing it's going to be easier for Nathaniel Halaba to make it into the Watford starting 11 than it is for Loftus-Cheek to get into the Palace starting 11. Right. So he's an interesting fifth midfielder shout, if if you're not satisfied, with my my sexy peach of a man, Tom Carroll, <laughs> right. straight out of the cast from Dunkirk.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Uh, but he he's he's certainly one to watch. Okay. Okay. Right. Now, quick quickly uh players to buy from Watford. This is a good place to go collect 4.5 defenders or uh Herelio Gomez coming in at 4.5 as a GK if you're looking for some rotation game weeks 2 through 4. Um and I'll just point out Pratol and Britos. These guys are a pretty decent central defensive pair and they're active uh offensively on corner kicks. So there you go.
1: Try it. Okay, fair enough. Fun. This team is depressing me right now. Let's move. I, I just—they <laughs> have no identity right now. I, I'm kind of waiting for. It was. I guess we'll never have those dini uh, Agallo days again, will we? That was so fun.
0: I mean, I will say about uh, Dini, at six point five. The door is sure. still slightly ajar for Natural Dini to become scorer. a factor
1: again. Yeah, I agree. Did you say factor or factor? <laughs> <laughs> was that a was that a
0: Freudian slip calling Troy Deanie a fat guy? <laughs>
1: Uh, Brennan, West Brom, uh, another team that I, I, got, I got some easy ones here, Brandon. I, I had, I had the, uh, I had the, the Spurs one, but, uh, West Brom is an easier one. We've, okay. Well, it's, it's easy and it's not. Okay. Here's the thing about West Brom. They have, a, they have a great, they have a great run of fixtures to start the season. They play Bournemouth at home, Burnley away, Stoke at home, uh, Brighton away, West Ham at home, right? Five games in a row, uh, all of which they are. Arguably, favor to win. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure they won't. And I think West Ham could be sneaky good this year. <laughs> um, okay, so players to buy. Uh, you kind of want to. You know, you can pick your defender. Um, our pick would be. Uh, I say our pick. These are. This is my pick. Uh, would be uh, Craig Dawson. Just scored a goal over the weekend. He's five million. Then uh, you got Ben Foster at four point five million. Now I will note that they have not looked good at all in preseason. They have been losing a lot of matches and conceding a lot of goals. Basically, with You know, a a squad that's pretty close to the squad they're going to have at the start of the season. So uh, it gives me a little concern about clean sheets, but, you know, it is the preseason. So, you know, take it for what it is. You know, the sort of the reputation that Pulis carries over from his Stoke days, you know, with Huth and Chakras, it makes you think that West Brom is this, like, absolute clean sheet machine. But they they really weren't last year. I mean, the value in their defenders were in the, you know, the goals that they were scoring. And, like, they kind of all scored a bunch of goals uh, outside of Nyam, who I was like, I was like the one dummy that had Nyam, while everybody else was getting goals from
0: <laughs> or Johnny Evans. Yeah.
1: Right. Or Johnny Evans. On that um, one
0: infamous game week.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, players to avoid, uh, you might want to avoid Nyam Actually, Alan Nyam. he's not necessarily a shirt of a starting spot and Hagazi, who they, they brought in the off season as a slightly risky 4.5 million option. Uh, I'm not sure I'd take the risk because uh, it's just not clear who's going to win that spot. Uh, I would probably pay the .5 more for Craig Dawson. Um, and I also wouldn't double. It's kind of tempting to see these fixtures and think about double up in the defense. But, I mean, to me, it's it, it's like it's just watching with. I mean, it's like the, it's very unscientific, right? So if you're, like, cystically inclined, you can just ignore this whole, like, rant I'm about to go on here. But they have not. I can't looked, believe you're going to rant about West Brom. I'm not going to rant exactly, but. It's it's hard for me to get excited about them given what I saw week in and week out the second half of last season which was a team that was just conceding an absolute boatload of goals and they've looked bad in the in the off season and I also don't know if they have enough attacking threat to keep other teams from just kind of driving at them in every match you know so
0: Jay Rodriguez doesn't do it for you
1: doesn't quite do it for me now so um McCauley is uh, doubtful for the start of the season, which you know also makes their defense a little bit worse. Uh, Brunt is now classified as a 5.5 million midfielder, so uh, last year's um, really fantastic returns from him—he's he's kind of in that Capu category, right? Where it was? It was fun when he was cheap and out of position, and now it's just kind of—it's
0: uh, <laughs> not fun anymore.
1: Not fun anymore. Uh, yes, yeah, so you've got Rodriguez, you've got Rondon, you've got Matt Phillips. Uh, these are all players with you know at least a couple years of experience in the in the league, and none of them have really blown us away at any in any given time. Uh, Matt Phillips, you know, six million. I wish he was five point five. Six million—that seems a little high for a guy who was really mercurial. He had this runer on Christmas last year where he was just unbelievable and it, like everyone was yeah. bringing him into their team and then it all really fell off for him after that just disappeared yeah he went I, all
0: nathan redmond
1: he did uh you know Rondon uh, eight goals and three assists last season um never really delivered the way that they thought he was going to when they when they brought him in so um i'm just not very bullish about west brahman I, I i might end up having a defender from their squad in my in my team just just because the fixtures are so good um i'm sure they you know and like you know, I'm sure they will get some clean sheets at the start of the season. I mean, Bournemouth and Stoke at home. And that Stoke game in particular on game make three looks like a great clean sheet shot. So, um, you know, just take the whole team with a grain of salt is what I'll say.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I guess uh, that's where Ben Foster comes in, into the very, picking out these clean sheets in this right. stretch. Yeah. All right, we saved the craziest team for last, (laughs) West Ham United. Right. Um, Just looking into everything that's been going on to West Ham over the summer, I have been surprised, delighted, and confounded by West Ham. They have like a zillion injuries right now, so it's impossible to know what they're going to look like coming into game week one and maybe the people you want aren't actually the ones that are going to be starting like Lanzini looks like he may not be ready for game week one um but let's just talk about uh their opening fixtures they're away to Old Trafford and then it's it's three away games right out of the bat I think there are some issues with the London Stadium right now that they're tending to right but it's uh you it's Manchester United, Southampton, Newcastle then they get to host Huddersfield yeah yeah, no it's not bad Uh, it's it does diminish my uh, my feeling that they would have clean sheets, so, which That's leads sure. me to the first player I want to talk about to buy Joe Hart. Can you believe that you've got a guy like Jack Butland, who yes had this amazing season with Stoke, you know, way yonder two years ago? Right. But Joe Hart, starting keeper for England, um, at least off and on, comes in at four point five. I w- I would have assumed he would have been a 5.0.
1: Yeah, it's I thought he was going to be 5.0, too. I mean, 4.5 is kind of like a come and get me price. I, I I'm still not sure. He, yeah, I know he didn't play that well for uh, for Trino last year. Um I don't think I'll have him in my squad, but I I like that he's there. I mean, the whole team is constructed like like they've got like one last chance to win it all or something. It's like it's like <laughs> yeah. they're, they're building for like this season and this season only.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's like Billich knows that if if I don't make something happen and somehow somebody opened the coffers for him. Right. So in is Joe Hart, and we have to talk about Chicharito sure, sure. at uh, seven million. He's already at fifteen point five percent ownership. Speaking of Sky's, players,
1: speaking of players that can fill that third striker spot.
0: Oh, absolutely. He could be in with a bullet. I wouldn't. I wouldn't blink twice. I wouldn't blink once. I wouldn't even <laughs> blink. I'd just stare at you. Yeah, if you had Chicharito stare. in your squads. Um, but he's just one of the legendary instinctual goal scorers. He'll score with his foot, his head, his butt, uh, whatever you want. So that $7 million price tag is kind of a total gift to everyone. Where has he been, Josh? Well, he went to Bayer Leverkusen for two seasons where he did pretty well. He scored 28 goals over the course of 54 appearances for Bayer Leverkusen.
1: So not bad. He's still scoring goals. Yeah, did, did see a bit of a decline, uh, 17 goals his first year, 11 last year, so that that um, could be indicative of, a, of a you know, of a, I mean, a lot of these strikers don't have, um, I mean, he's not a big player either, and so there's a concern about his, his, his size, I mean, they, they always, like, a striker that relies on a lot of speed can be a little, um, can fall off, right, a little more quickly than a striker is built around be big and strong.
0: It's true, but this this midfield is shaping up, and we'll talk about now players to keep an eye on. This midfield is shaping up for just a lot of movement, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just kind of an exciting shape. Sure. So, Marco Arnautovic, coming from Stoke City, is priced at seven point um, You're kind of waiting for him to push it to the next level that he may be capable of doing, or. Perhaps I wouldn't also wouldn't be surprised if we've already seen the best that Arnatovich has to offer. But a lot of that rides on what he can do here at West Ham. I think he's gonna come out and really push himself with this team. Of yeah, just, all just the midfielders, a, I think there's the biggest upside with him.
1: Just scored a goal for them in a friendly, so that's a you know, good start to the season for him. Good start to the
0: you know. I love your your friendly
1: stats. Just yeah, I, know, today, I know. I, I did a little, the, did the a little title bonus. The
0: podcast should be scored a goal in yeah, a friendly.
1: Last, last night I did a little bonus research, so I was I was I was ready for this episode.
0: I dig it. I mean, he's going to have a, a, a fair amount of service coming to him via via Lanzini. But Lanzini's got a certain issue with his knee right now, and is it's not sure when he's coming back. So, is that just missing the first couple of game weeks or? Is it going to be out long-term? Uh, we don't have a whole lot of information right now. Yeah. Uh, which I kind of wish that we were scouting West Ham with all of these guys healthy. I'd be a little more excited.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I feel like like we're, we're going to have some combination of these players in our teams over the course of the season. But it does feel like you have to wait a little while to see how it's all going to shake out, especially with those... Well, OK, maybe not Chicharito, because I, I do think I, I, he just you could see him getting off to a hot start, I mean, especially away to Man United in the first game. I mean, wouldn't that just be I feel like that's just the kind of thing that happens, right? Like, a, like, yeah, narrative think, yeah, yeah, it's a great narrative. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what we'll see what he does in game week one. Uh, and then Newcastle away in game week three, Huddersfield home game week four. I mean, uh, pretty good fixtures, you know, and if you, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't let that Man United fixture away um, scare me off of having Chicharito to start the season.
0: Now, can I sell you a Robert Snodgrass at $6 million? Nope. Uh, and no, you no, can't, you, you can't he it?
1: To, he needed to be in that in that Gilfie Sigurdsson role, like he was at Hall. You know, I just don't think he, he fits when there are other talented players around him.
0: Now, here's what I can tell you about this, Josh. Now, uh, Mark Noble, Andy Carroll, and Manuel Lanzini all injured to start the season. These guys are all lined up to do uh, penalties for West Ham. They do them. That's a that's a verb that I use to describe penalties. Now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I feel like Snodgrass has got to be next up to bat uh, to take not, these penalties. I think
1: it's Arnautovic. You I think, think so? I do, I do think so. Yeah, he seems like the kind I of guy know, who wants to take you've penalties.
0: Seen Snodgrass take penalties before, haven't you? I think Versus so. Versus Arnautovic.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That one, I I, I don't hazard a guess, Brandon. I'm just I'm too. Uh, how about right here on the podcast? <laughs> let's
0: let's wager a friendly bet, one okay. beer, okay, okay. one beer for yep. who takes who takes the first penalty, and maybe the maybe this bet won't come to fruition. Maybe uh, Andre IU will take it. Okay,
1: all right, but uh, that sounds good. I'll bet I'll bet Arnie versus Snodgrass.
0: Uh Players to avoid. This is another public service announcement. Uh, just a heads up to the five point six percent of managers out there who have Ashley Fletcher in their squad. He has been sold to Middlesberger. Uh, I, when <laughs> these guys get sold and then they get flagged, their value, assuming people don't sell them off before game week one starts, right. you could get really dinged. So make sure you don't have Ashley Fletcher in your totally. team.
1: Brandon, we have come to the end uh, only only longer than I thought we were going to be, about a half hour or so. So that's not, it's not bad. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm such an optimist. I always think every episode is going to be an hour long. Brandon, where can people find us? People
0: can find us at alwayscheating.com, where all of the ways to reach us are, are kindly listed and linked for you there. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, that's where we're most active. Go to twitter.com slash hailcheaters. We're at facebook.com slash alwayscheating. And do send us an email, hailcheaters at gmail.com.
1: That's right. And check out the new website, Brandon Redesigned uh, alwayscheating.com, and it looks fantastic. I highly recommend uh, giving that a look. Okay, just in a quick shout out to Nicholas uh, Ooo, oh, oh, uh, who wrote a great blog post that got uh, a lot of attention, a lot of people talking uh, over the weekend about uh, about points per minute. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, all right, well that's it. I am uh, I'm going to go lay down. This was a long podcast. Good night, Josh. Good night, Brandon. All right.